Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. Forgiveness. It's something that's been so prevalent in our family and something that we talk about a lot. And one of the hardest lessons, I think, as a child, really understanding it and moving on from it. And I think it's so important to really understand all sides of the stories, especially with for yourself and getting to know yourself and how you handle forgiveness. And I'm grateful for the dialogue that we always had around forgiveness and why it's so important and also important to give the space for it to happen in its own time. I love that beginning, Meg. (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about what does forgiveness actually mean? I think a lot of people might find that forgiveness as an emotion, but it really isn't an emotion. It's really an exchange of energy. And especially, like, this is just my thoughts about it. And, you know, for me, forgiveness is an act of kindness, of compassion, not only for the other person, but for myself. And so this energy exchange that I just mentioned, it's this release of any negative feelings or uh, energy that forgiveness can bring about this state of peace and freedom. You're talking a lot about energy and it just, you know, before we started this podcast, I infused it with some Reiki love and Mm. Reiki is energy healing and it's all about moving stuck energy. And when I think about when you say forgiveness and it's an energetic exchange and when you're not in forgiveness, it's tension. It's that constriction. It's a constricting of your heart. It's a constricting of You can feel tension, anger, frustration, hurt, betrayal, all the things that would then lead you to forgive in your body. And it is that healing shift of release, letting go. Yeah. And releasing that tight grip you have around that hurt. It's so interesting. Um, I asked quite a few friends and family members just to get it out. You know, what does forgiveness mean to you? And as you're talking about that, my sister, who is 25 years sober, and what AA, you know, really teaches them is this self-forgiveness piece. And it was, it just made me cry because she and my dad um, really had a tumultuous relationship. And it wasn't until 
very later on in her life, probably in her 50s, where she had the opportunity to finally forgive dad, our dad. And she said it was the most freeing experience for her because she had been carrying this weight her whole life. And it wasn't until that moment where she actually allowed forgiveness to happen that that energy shifted. And that's what I saw right now as you were explaining that. It is. And it's so beautiful. And, you know, like you said, it took your sister until she was 50 to forgive Pop-Up. And that's in her time. Right. Nobody can tell you when is appropriate. I feel like that's a lot of the resistance you might feel, people feel sometimes with forgiveness, is that it's the, the person that's done that needs to be forgiven is asking you to speed up that process. But that's on you. Only you can determine when you're ready to release it, when you're ready to forgive and let it go. No one can tell you when. Yeah. You either feel it or you don't in that moment. And so for your sister, it took 50 years to get to that place where she was able to forgive. And working through that with herself primarily. Yeah. I think, you know, it's very easy to, when you've done some, when you've wronged somebody, it's so uncomfortable knowing that that negative energy is being expressed towards you. And we just want to mute it, get rid of it. So we, we beg of people at times, you mm-hmm. have to forgive me. Mm-hmm. And that's selfish. It is, but you know, think about it. You're raised in a society where either at school or at home, you're like, say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry right now. Without the consciousness of understanding what just happened, what was that exchange? Did you take the time to not just say, say you're sorry, but can we sit down here for a moment and have a conversation about what just happened? So as a parent, you know, this is the stuff that, and as as a teacher, I did the same thing in my classroom too, because I recognized that just by saying you're sorry is, it's, it's almost like a null and void. It's like, come on, let's just hurry up and say we're sorry and get over it. But it doesn't help the person on the other end to really have that time to think about what just happened. And, and by having the dialogue, it opens up the conversation of, wow, you know what? I'm understanding you, you're understanding me, and together we can come to an, a, mutual, you know, a mutual feeling of, wow, okay, I see you, I hear you, I understand you. But that takes, that takes experience, that takes practice. I was going to say that is empathy. That is being able to understand Removing yourself from the situation and putting yourself in another person's shoes and really understanding why that happened. And I think there's a scale of empathy. I think you can really, somebody like, I know in certain situations, I feel like pain 
for other people. Like I mm-hmm. can come into certain situations and I, it's palpable for me. Like I can, tears will come to my eyes when I, I didn't even, I didn't even know. You can also feel it when you walk into a house that there's been an argument, the tension that is like through and through how tuned in you are to that energy mm-hmm. around you. And I think what you're talking about is it is, it's a practice of becoming empathetic. I think also though, children are so empathetic. Mm-hmm. Children, it's like they've almost been taught out of empathy through yeah. actions and things that they've been taught, these lessons or experiences where they've almost kind of put a wall up to that empathy through life experiences versus feeling into it. For example, if you've been wronged Mm -hmm. as a child and you hear a teacher or a parent telling you, oh, you just say you're sorry and forgive, but you haven't had that conversation for that child to understand, that's almost you're teaching that child that that feeling of hurt or that feeling of being seen or heard doesn't matter. What matters more is just that apology. Well, and the other thing that it does is it squelches it. What it does is it take that emotion and just stuff it. Like, just mm-hmm. don't do anything with that emotion. We're just going to just stuff it down because right now, really, the, the most important thing is to say you're sorry. No. The most important thing is to have the conversation of like what you're saying, to feel the empathy, to feel the emotions. And then forgiveness has the opportunity to come forward. And that's what you're saying. I think getting the person who has wronged, who has offended somebody else, it's almost as if our society has taught us that all you have to do is say for for like, I'm sorry and everything's forgiven. But that's where I feel like we've gotten ourselves into this place, especially now it's so heightened, this lack of responsibility that we have had in terms of our actions. And that we think that we can just say sorry without fully understanding why we need to apologize or why that apology is so important to then learn to not make it happen again. Right. Because that, it, it's, that is so critical, Megan, because I think the actions of forgiveness and sincere apologies have everything to do with learning opportunities. You know, these are, these are opportunities for ourselves to, to reflect, to go inside, to really look at, hmm, you know, do I have a belief system around this? How was I raised? You know, um, some kids, especially boys, oh, don't be a sissy, you know, or don't be, you know, just come on, get up, tell her you're sorry or tell him you're sorry and just, you know, be done. It's almost like forgive and forget. Let's just wash it away. Let's just make nice. Yeah, that, that phrase, forgive and forget, mm-hmm. is something that has never resonated with me personally And I think it's to forgive and to not hold on to, truly. But to ask somebody to forget is, I think, defeating the purpose because you'll always remember. At some point, again, depending on, right, depending on the 
the situation of what happened. The severity of the right. trauma or the right. hurt or the betrayal or whatever has happened. I think it's very naive to think one can just forgive and forget. I think right. forgiveness is so much more than the forgetting. A hundred percent. And it's to be, to, to forgive, but also to be forgiven, right? Yeah. To, to feel that forgiveness and to not judge who and what is acceptable forgiveness. I think there's been a lot of shame, especially recently in what I've seen in the news. People deserving forgiveness. Mm. And that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven because of the hurt and the pain pain that they've caused. And that's not our role to decide who and what gets to be forgiven. Right. Forgiveness just is. Well, and the other piece that in the beginning when I was sharing with you, all of these, you know, meanings of what forgiveness is, the highest form that I attribute forgiveness with is love. And I don't know if you remember, but, you know, during our family meetings, you know, because you have four girls, you know, you have three sisters, and there were always opportunities to forgive one another. And, you know, one of the things that I remember I would say, you guys would get really mad at me because I wouldn't take sides. I'd always want to sit down and have these conversations, you know, okay, what did you do? What did she do? Okay, let's have a conversation around it. And that would be very frustrating for you guys. Yeah, just tell me that my sister was wrong. Exactly. (laughs) But, But that wasn't my role. And so, you know, One of the things in our family meeting that we would say is, you know, dad being Catholic and what I learned from the Catholic religion and Jesus teachings was, you know, love yourself like you love your neighbor, you know, Um, forgive and serve. Mm -hmm. And so how do we take all three of those teachings and be able to teach our kids and be these humans that, you know, Religions are based off of not just Catholicism, but Judaism and Buddhism and all of that. It's values. It it is. It's these values that we're able to teach our children and model to our children. I was just going to say, I think this has been what's come up a lot in the, the most recent, these current events is when you look at these systems that are put into place, I've been listening I've been taking the time to really educate myself on all of these. You haven't really stated, you know, what's well, going on. So yes, with you? Black Lives Matter and also just our, the, the structure of law enforcement and everything, our entire government system, there's, there's feels like a sense of betrayal and not like they're abiding or like, Doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And there's no accountability. No accountability. And it, it goes back to this. Structures are put into place and there has to be agreements that are made. That we agree to these, these rules hmm. that everyone can see for the betterment of us. That we all, we, we find them just and that there's, yes, we're agreed on them. 
two, that there's somebody in place that we also trust that is going to enforce them. That governs. It governs these things. And then mm-hmm. that, um, there's the check amount. It's done fairly. Mm-hmm. And I think right now is this, we're witnessing structures that are being put in place where that is not happening. That's, people don't feel like it's happening fairly. Like the veil has been lifted on a lot of these structures that have been put into place that we're realizing that, you know what? We need to talk about this because this isn't okay. This has been swept under the rug for too long. Too many I'm sorry's without actually looking at the actions of what has happened and taking action to change. Because I read the most beautiful thing that we have the ability to change our mind. Just because we believe in one thing doesn't mean that that now is fixed. Mm. That can change. And it's going to be uncomfortable as we're all experiencing. It is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to take that look internally and say, how have I been contributing to this? And to then shine that light outwards and be like, now what can we do? That's really powerful, Meg. Um, It is. It's so true. And I think it all starts at home. Yes. You know, it all starts at home. How were you raised? You as a parent, how did you teach your children? You know, forgiveness is is learned. (laughs) It's learned from how are you as a parent with your own kids? How comfortable were you with... um, this piece of opening up and having empathy and communication and talking. That modeling, you know, that talking, that communication piece that you're saying, it's, you know, what I've witnessed is how brilliant, how empathetic, how tapped in and smart our youth is. These kids. My goodness. So if you're a parent or a teacher or just anybody that has Anybody. Children in your life. (laughs) Well, not even children, but just like a human being. Okay. And people are witnessing this, but I'm Mm -hmm. saying especially children, is Mm -hmm. that they're keyed in. If you're a grudge-holding, gossiping, victim, like mentality person that you're constantly saying this, but then your child, something happens and you're trying to say, you need to forgive or whatever it might be. They see you. Right. And they hear you. And they hear you. And don't think that they don't take it in because, again, kids are sponges. And they look to you for safety, for learning, for everything, love. And so when they see you doing things that aren't on the up and up, it's confusing. It really tears apart a child's psyche when you're not, when you're speaking out of Two sides of your mouth, so to speak. It's like you're, you know, I'm doing this action, but I'm telling you to do this. Yeah. And I think that awareness and understanding that being courageous enough to admit that you were wrong. Oh my gosh, Megan, can I just tell you, that is huge as a parent to model that. And I'm just going to bring up a, a perfect example. Megan and I have been working together for nine years. 
And I really was thinking about this whole piece because our first six years were just tumultuous. But a lot of forgiveness and communication went into this building of our relationship, not as mother and daughter, but as partners. And I was asking myself the questions, how easy is it for me to forgive and to go through those motions of self-reflection with my daughter? And I think that's one of the hardest things is working with your family members is how do you separate mom out of the mother-daughter relationship to partnership of this is my business partner? And this forgiveness piece is so huge for me because what I've realized over these years of going through a lot of pain, going through a lot of forgiveness was the reflection of my own personal um traumas and belief systems and stories growing up. And when I'd be triggered by Megan in this, and this takes a lot of time and a lot of work, but it's, it's still so valuable because the other piece of it is that ego and pride. Here I am, your mother. And it's like, it doesn't matter in any situation when you check yourself for ego and pride, and then the ability to go, wow, it's not about right. It's about actually hearing what the other person is saying to then say, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm asking you to forgive me, please, because I keep making that same mistake over and over again, but I'm realizing it more and more because I'm giving myself the freedom and the opportunity to learn in this practice and process of forgiveness. And I'm grateful for that. I really <laughs> am. And it is, it, it hasn't been easy, but it's so rewarding. And the phrase that comes to mind is in air quotes, being a bigger person, being the bigger person. Or, or what we would teach you is be kind, not right. No, but this is what I'm saying. I don't no? like that phrase. Oh. I don't like the phrase of quote unquote, being a bigger person, because what does that mean? Fundamentally, I think the languaging in our culture and in the US and the world is like, bigger is better. That's more powerful oh. by you saying that, by being the bigger person. I think I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, breaking down the languaging and like you think about like male and female and the power dynamic and just relationships in general is that bigger is better. And that this isn't about being a bigger person. No, but I think, but I think. Let okay, me finish. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're still working on not interrupting each other. <laughs> this being a bigger person, my, it's not about being a bigger person. It's being compassionate. And understanding like what my mom was talking about in our relationship and the forgiveness that we've had for each other and in our working relationship, aside from our mother-daughter family relationship, because as you can imagine, they're very enmeshed now because what we do, we're so passionate about it. They're, it, it it's one in the same almost. And so a thing that I'm constantly reminding myself is that it, it's this quote that You do the best that you can until you learn better, and then you do better. Mm. 
I love that so much because what it reminds me of is that as a millennial, I grew up in this information age. So when things come up for me, or I have questions, or I'm not sure, or I have these tools that I grew up with, they're second nature to me. And I can go to Google. I can do these things because I grew up with it. And when I get frustrated with my mom about these things, why don't you get this? You're my mom. You're older. You should know better. But that's not it. It's that awareness that that might be second nature to me, but it's not second nature to you. And this is something you're still learning. And it's something that you might have taught us this, but that might not have been your upbringing. And you're still learning. And that we're always going to continue to learn. Yes. (laughs) That was genius, Meg. And that it, was great. And it does. It, it opens your heart to be more compassionate. So instead of being the bigger person, be more understanding. Be compassionate to the circumstances that whoever it is that you're interacting with might have. And yes, of course, I want to still have my mom at times, but I also have to fully own the woman that I have grown up to be and the character that I've built and that. I'm so fortunate of how I was raised and the tools that I was given because of my mom and because of this, all the things that I have had access to. And how do you then pay it forward? That's that modeling. It's that you can talk, you can apologize, you can say sorry, but until you take that next step of action, what does it mean? Exactly. And I think it would be really good at this moment to actually talk about our practice of forgiveness. Like what were those steps that, you know, we took as a family and, um, that I'm digesting everything that you just said, Megan, that was like really beautifully said and it was awesome. So I thank you for that. Um, the practice of forgiveness, you know, being able to, you know, take these steps. So one of the things that, you know, in the practice of forgiveness is this piece of self-reflection. Yes. I was going to say with everything, it, you know, as you always taught us, it has to begin with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the things that, you know, you do to self-reflect? Oh, I mean, this is my journaling practice. Yeah. It's, I really, it's, it's strengthening the awareness muscle, mm-hmm. as I want to call it, because mm-hmm. you have to be self-aware to be able to forgive yourself. Right. It's and definitely a consciousness. It is an awareness. It's an awareness that as thoughts pop into your head or as you do an action and you have a feeling like, oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that I just said that. I didn't like that I, like, whatever, like, I don't like that thought that came into my mind. It doesn't, it, I don't like that. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's tuning into how you feel, how things make you feel right. is really important. So I notice that for me, it's taking time to journal, check in with myself. Mm-hmm. This also includes 
I go on a lot of walks, especially now, because even in the midst of everything, it's still COVID and things are, we're still distancing, even though it's slightly people, you feel it's, it's shifting. Right. But we're still being responsible. We're still being responsible. So I still, I go on these long walks by myself and I don't listen to music all the time. Mm-hmm. And that allows myself to have space to reflect and to think. And it's like you you have this time for self-inquiry. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be long. It can be short. It can be something in the morning that you do. Like I've mm-hmm. said, I, I like to wake up in the morning and I put my hand on my heart and I just wake up to myself by saying, mm-hmm. good morning, Megan. I love you. That we learned from Shauna Shapiro. Dr. Shauna Shapiro, love her. She does um, Good Morning, I Love You. It's a book that we both highly recommend and it's on mindfulness. Yes, and that mindfulness practice is a really great way to begin self-awareness. Yeah, it is. And, you know, what you were saying about journaling, I too um, really believe in the practice of writing. And journaling out, you know, things that I'm really processing and having the ability to have that time to have that interrelationship with myself. But the other thing that I do is I check in and I check in with my sister. And my sister is that mirror for me to really have conversations about if I'm struggling with something and I'm having a hard time working it through, it it gives me that opportunity to self-reflect because she's not going to be easy on me. So if you have a person that you can trust, someone that you can have those dialogues, that's where, you know, we said girlfriends are so important, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, if you do it with your significant other, but to have the ability to self-reflect either personally by yourself or with another person. Well, it's somebody that's not going to bullshit you. That's going to call you out. You need to have, and that's the courage to hear somebody out and I, I, people say to be humble, but it's really to, to be courageous enough to allow somebody to reflect to you where you can improve. Right. It's that openness and willingness for sure. And that's the second piece for me as well as, you know, I do the work on myself. I, I, and it's not even work. I practice. Mm -hmm. It's a daily practice that I do. And whether it be like, we talk about journaling, it could be like, bullet pointing some ideas or things that you know you had through in the morning or thoughts that come to you. And then at the end of the day, you can reflect on it. And just, it can be a a sentence. It doesn't need to be so daunting. Well, and I know a lot of people choose to do art, you know? So through the art, they're, they're just, you know, creating something to help with their heart and their emotion about whatever they're feeling. We're talking about this, like this awareness and this reflection of how do you become self-aware? Another thing too is like, do you make, do you put yourself in uncomfortable situations to push that? Like, I always think, you know, that comes, this comes into this action piece. Mm-hmm. What are the actions that you're doing that help facilitate this practice? So for example, I'm going to share some of them. Pegs can share her practices. Um, in conversations, when things get heated, I've learned so that instead of just being reactive, two things, because that's a key part in forgiveness. I think in the heat of a moment of something, you get overwhelmed by your emotions that sometimes you say things that you might not mean. So a practice that I've done, which isn't always easy, 
is I try to remove myself from it and get walk outside or just shift my perspective to allow myself to calm down, the emotions to settle, and really then say, was I getting defensive? Am I hearing this person? Or am I just in reaction mode? And also, okay, is there some validity to what they're saying? And I need to own that. Mm. And then return in a calmer state with a more open heart that you can sit there and say, I hear you. This was not my intention. This is what I was meaning or whatever, you know, as it may unfold. But that moment of pause is a tool that I use in practicing this forgiveness piece for myself. Because then what it is, is it's that reflection that I'm doing in the morning or at night that then I get to take into real time that allows me to remove myself, to look at it. And trust me, there's moments where you'll get people that are instigating you, pushing you to be like, that are like, no, we need to talk about this right now. We have to, like, you're just going to walk away in the middle of this. And if you can really do that, take that space. But also communicate to them. You know, I need to walk away. Give me five minutes. Yeah. Can I take five? I want to come back to this. (laughs) I just, I don't want to say something I'll regret. Right. I don't want to say something that'll, that's, it's not, or if you notice you're in a yelling match and no one's being heard, it's like, okay, let's just pause. Mm-hmm. It's like setting up the big, like the timeout sign, the big T being like, oh, let's just, let's regroup. Right. You know, like that practice has helped me bring that, that, that awareness practice has helped me bring in these actions into real life situations that help. And like, Peg said too, is that having that friend or a sibling, a parent, a therapist, and whoever it is that you can talk to that really help you become self-aware and say like, you know what? You do do this often. I can attest. And you're like, oh shit. Okay. Guess I got to look on, look into that more. Why do I do that? With courage comes curiosity. You have to be curious as to why we believe these things, we do these things, and the curiosity to be like, could I do better? Yes. I know for me personally, (laughs) I'm constantly trying to better myself. If I'm not evolving, something's up. Yeah, we just stay stuck in the quagmire. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you just said, Megan, so much, so much wisdom and so many gems that, you know, the whole piece of the pie, though, is in this conversation. Yes. You know, and that's, you know, self-reflection, taking responsibility, having the self-inquiry, having the, taking the time for the conversations to feel the empathy. Um the active listening, you know, we learned a practice called active listening. So it's like, and that really helped both of us because I had a really hard time hearing you for a lot of times. And over the years, this active listening of repeating what the other person is saying, you know, do short short snippets of it, gives the person the feeling that they are being seen and they are being heard. And then from there, you can have this honest conversation about what just happened. 
Yes. So it's again, you know, either walking away from a conversation or sitting down, coming back, and then having this active listening really helps with greater understanding, compassion, and empathy for sure. I also want to talk about the person that, it, say you are the person that is doing the forgiving. Mm-hmm. Speaking up. So often we, it's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. It doesn't, it's fine. Mm. And it takes courage to speak up for yourself and to say, I've been hurt. That's vulnerable. That's really <laughs> Took the words right vulnerable. out of my mouth. That's it. Yes. I was like, right when you said that, it's being brave enough and feeling safe enough with a person. You know, we, we talked about that too, I think, growing up, you know, with just bullying or, mm-hmm. you know, these feelings that would come up as children. It's constant. But to stop whatever's going on and saying, this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable behavior. And this is, you know, I don't believe that this is the way people should be treated. And that's that piece of that, that having the courage to speak up for something that in your mind is not right. And also knowing that it might be met with, I don't agree with you. Or resistance of any form. And then that too then allows you to be like, okay, who am I surrounding myself with? Mm, That's a great point. Who are these people Mm. that maybe, if they're not willing to see my side or change, then what do I need to change? And that's that self-reflection. It's like, okay, you you always taught us this, that I can't, the only thing that we are responsible for is our, how we can react. We can't change other people or what's going to happen to us, but how you choose to respond to it, that's your choice. Right, that's on you. And that is in life mm-hmm. with everything. And with everyone, because no matter where you are, whether you're a sibling or a cousin or a student or a coworker or a parent or a, a you know, partner, this piece of forgiveness matters so much because you're always going to be put in a situation that at some point you're going to be either forgiven or you need to ask for forgiveness, or you need to forgive another person. So being able to practice this and have that understanding is so huge, Meg. Yeah, and knowing that it's not going to be perfect. That we know we that we're up. human. We're human, and that's what it is. But it also doesn't give right for excuses. Hundred percent. And I think though that that's it is that it it's that continuing to show up, to continue to try and do better. Like you said, it's like, okay, I have to, we have to have the same conversation often about, mm-hmm. are you being heard? Or it's that, it, it comes back to that compassion and that understanding that it's not a one-time, a one-time thing or one and done, like it's fixed. No, right. especially depending on the wound or the hurt. This is years of unraveling these stories and these beliefs that now you've been constructed around this experience or this hurt or this pain. And that takes time. Well, it takes time. And it's also really important, Megan, because as we know, you're a functional medicine coach. We've really looked at root causes to 
to so many issues that surround us and symptoms and things like this. And holding on these deeply held negative emotions, resentments, you know, the things that kind of fester in. Well, it's stress. It's or, stress and on your or body. Stress. Well, exactly. That's, it stresses your body. And we all know in functional medicine mm-hmm. how negatively impacted our bodies are by stress. That's right. And it eventually can turn into what we call dis-ease. Mm-hmm. And, and what that means is that uneasiness comes out in you. It oozes out of your pores in different ways in your beingness. And sometimes you don't even know until you know, until you address this piece of, wow, I've been holding on to this for so long. I need to do something and take action with it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just with yourself. Maybe it is with a therapist. Maybe it's with the person. But really going and taking that deep dive into figuring this out so that you can have this healing. Because to me, forgiveness is about healing. And so in this week and weeks before, I don't know what, but I've done this practice, this Ho'opono practice for 25 years. And Ho'opono is an ancient uh, Hawaiian prayer that I've practiced for for a long time, but it's a way to forgive ourselves and to forgive others to whom we're all connected. We are all connected. We are this one beating heart. And by releasing these negative energies from moving forward in your life, I'm able to now zero in on what is it that I want to forgive? And what Ho'opono is, is these four phrases for self-forgiveness, for for-forgiveness, and for self-love. And it is, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I love you and thank you. And we'll put in the show notes um, this prayer that it's a incredible meditation that we'd love to share with you. And it's been so healing for me to do something in, in a very big way. And I will say too, you know, when my mom and I first started working together, she would say that to me and like, I, I resisted. It it actually really triggered me to be honest at first when she would say, I love you. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. It, that other orders. But when she, when she would, when I would say like, I'm sorry, or please forgive me, I wasn't ready to forgive yet. Mm. And that too is okay. And, you know, eventually I've now come around that this I'm more comfortable with, but quite frankly, the whole Oponopono isn't my favorite meditation. Um, for self-forgiveness and awareness and, you know, that whole thing. So there, there's other ways that you can go about it. And also I want to say Ho'oponopono means to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, being right with ourselves and with others is what that double pono means, Ho'oponopono. Mm-hmm. And so to make it right for ourselves and others. Right. And, and it, it also works on ancestral 
you know, it's really breaking. And that's for you, like you do this practice daily. For me, I've used plant medicines and other alternative ways of doing deep healing with myself that have worked better for me. And those are other tools that you can look into or interested into finding because this isn't a forgiveness isn't a one size fits all that there's one right way of doing it. And again, like I've said, it will be in your time. And you have to find what works for you. Like we say, Megan and I do things differently and that's what we hope to bring to the table because everybody's going to resonate with different parts. And this is just one way for Mm -hmm. me to practice that it, helped me in my heart because I too, like you said, I'm feeling this pain and this grief with my friends that are, that are really suffering right now. Yeah. And so, um, again, it's that learning what works best for you. It's also teaching our children to be better, to do better, to take good actions. Um, and that modeling, yeah. and that modeling piece, you know, right. that really you doing it and actually doing the actions that are being seen. Yeah. Being okay with saying, I'm sorry, and please forgive me. And also being okay that the person might say, I'm not ready to forgive you just yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't, or can tell you when I'm going to be ready to forgive you and having the courage to be in that discomfort yeah. and taking that discomfort as a time to reflect. This has been so enlightening, Megs. I hope that you have found this enlightening and have found some tools or an insight into your own forgiveness practice, your own self-awareness practice, and becoming more empathetic and really just allowing yourself the space to heal. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you all so much for listening to our conversation. If you found this supportive, please share it with your friends and family. Like we said, we're constantly, we love having this dialogue with you and sharing this. You can find us and talk to us more on our Facebook at Curry Girls Kitchen, our Instagram at Curry Girls Kitchen on our website. And... Yeah, and if you would be so kind to rate and review this podcast and, you know, let us know how you're feeling because we want to hear from you and we want to know what is of interest to you so that we can keep growing and do better and be better. That's right. Thank you all. We'll see you in the next one.